BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Have you heard you can listen to your favorite news podcasts ad-free? Good news. With Amazon Music, you have access to the largest catalog of ad-free top podcasts included with your Prime membership. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts. That's amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Welcome to The Refresh from Insider. I'm Rebecca Barra. And I'm Kay Moynihan. It's Monday, September 19th, and we're updating the headlines all day, every weekday. Here's the latest. A strong earthquake shook the western coast of Mexico this afternoon. It started in the state of Michoacán, and it was felt all the way to Mexico City, though there are no reports of major damages yet. A lot of people were actually already out on the streets because many states were conducting a yearly earthquake drill. That's because September 19th marks the anniversary of two catastrophic earthquakes in Mexico, one in 2017 that killed hundreds and one in 1985 that killed an estimated 10,000 people. Some residents in the northern part of Puerto Rico have their electricity back, but much of the island is still without power because of Hurricane Fiona. Multiple deaths have been reported, and about a 1,000 people have been rescued. The New York Times says backup generators at hospitals seem to have helped keep the death toll lower. Fiona dumped as much as 30 inches of rain on parts of the island, almost as much as Hurricane Maria did five years ago. The rains also triggered mudslides in the Dominican Republic. The storm now appears to be regaining strength and heading toward Turks and Caicos. The New York Times is reporting that the organizers of the 2017 Women's March were targets of a Russian disinformation campaign. The Times says a troll farm with links to Vladimir Putin, fresh off their perceived success in influencing the 2016 election, deployed more than 150 fake online profiles to post thousands of messages intended to sow broader division. A particular target was Linda Sassour, a hijab-wearing activist of Palestinian descent. Another case of Russian trolls preying upon existing biases, sure. But also a reminder, especially before midterms elections, to question what you read online. The Taliban has freed an American in a prisoner swap. U.S. Navy veteran and engineer Mark Frerichs was working in Afghanistan when he was abducted in 2020. He's finally returned home after the White House agreed to release an Afghan tribal leader who was detained in the U.S. since 2005 for smuggling heroin. Critics, however, are worried that the prisoner swap will be seen as an act of legitimizing the Taliban government. With all the fanfare you might expect, Queen Elizabeth's funeral took place in London this morning. Around 2,000 guests, including world leaders, joined Charles and the royal family for the service at Westminster Abbey. It finished at noon with two minutes of silence. Then, the bagpiper who woke her up every morning played her to rest. Thousands lined the route as the coffin was then taken past Buckingham Palace before heading to Windsor Castle by car. 
We're refreshing our headlines all day, every day. So listen in the morning or at lunch or on your way home. Anytime you want and a I'm quick Rob way Gunther. to get the latest. We produce our show. Coming up, Kerry Donoghue left us an interview with insiders Sean and Lebowitz Gaynor about what you can try to make your work experience better before you resort to quitting. The hacker responsible for Uber's massive cyber attack last week is now taking credit for another breach, this time video game developer Rockstar. Over 90 unfinished videos from the upcoming Grand Theft Auto 6 were leaked to a GTA fan forum Sunday morning. Rockstar's owner, To Take Interactive, confirms the videos are legit, making it one of the biggest leaks in video game history and a nightmare for the company because the game isn't expected to debut until late next year. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis seems pretty pleased with his political stunt of flying 50 Venezuelan migrants to Martha's Vineyard last week. But Massachusetts authorities aren't laughing. In fact, they want the Justice Department to investigate human trafficking charges against DeSantis. State Representative Dylan Fernandez tweeted on Sunday that he's asked the Massachusetts U.S. attorney to investigate fraud, kidnapping and deprivation of liberty. Some of the migrants said that they had been duped into getting on the flight with promises of jobs that didn't exist. DeSantis denies wrongdoing. Californians now have a new option to consider for burying the dead human composting. Governor Gavin Newsom has signed a bill that will allow the alternative burial method starting in 2027. Composting a body is better for the environment than cremation or traditional burial. It allows the body to naturally decompose into the soil over a 30 to 45 day period. California joins Washington, Oregon, Colorado and Vermont in allowing the eco-friendly process. If you drive a Kia or a Hyundai, you might want to take extra steps to keep your car from being stolen. The cars are particularly susceptible to theft because models before mid-2021 aren't equipped with engine immobilizers, which prevents them from being hotwired. And thieves in Milwaukee may have been the first to notice. According to NPR, the city saw a dramatic increase in thefts of the vehicles last year, so bad that the city is loaning steering wheel locks to Kia and Hyundai owners. Las Vegas has its first major pro sports championship title, thanks to the Aces. They swept the Connecticut Sun last night in Game 4 to take the WNBA title. Forward, Aja Wilson, after the game. We were resilient, we held each other accountable, and we just we just stuck it through. Man, we champs! We champs! We champs! The city celebrates the Aces with a parade on the Strip Tuesday evening. You've probably fantasized about quiet quitting or even rage quitting. Most people have, especially in this time of the Great Resignation. But insider Shauna Leibowitz-Gainer says quitting isn't always the best solution. She's written a book all about the topic called Don't Call It Quits, Turn the Job You Have into the Job You Love. And she's here to chat with us about it. Shauna, who did you write this book for? I wrote this book for ambitious, curious professionals who are feeling a little bit stuck in their careers and are not certain about the next step to take in their work lives. So, Shauna, why isn't quitting the best solution? 
I think quitting can, in some cases, be a great solution or be the best solution. I think a lot of times it is not, as you said, the best solution because on a practical or superficial level, you may have constraints like, you know, you need to pay your family's bills, you need to pay your student loans, you need this prestigious job on your resume in order to take your career where you want it to go. And then on a more abstract or almost existential level, I think that if you wait before you quit, you give yourself time to try to shape your role into something better by talking to your manager or shifting some projects around in your own workday and reminding yourself that you have a lot of agency to exercise and a lot of discretion over your own work experience. If you have somebody who really does want to quit their job, someone uh, who is looking down the road and maybe says, I can last another six months here, or I think in another year I'll have gotten everything I can out of this job and I will need to quit it. What are some recommendations for people to make the most of that time that they're going to stay and how to keep that timeline in front of them rather than maybe getting suckered into staying at a place just because they've managed to make it work? It's so easy to feel like, well, you know, I I can't do this and I can't do that. So I'm stuck and I'm going to be miserable forever. So try not to do that. But I do think what is important is not to feel stuck or to try to help yourself not feel stuck. So, you know, maybe your parents always told you, you know, you better not quit a stable, well-paying job unless you have another stable, well-paying job lined up. So yes, I really think it, it can be beneficial to identify one or two, but really one professional skill you would like to work on developing in the time frame you've set out for yourself. And this ideally would be a skill that your current job can help you develop. And it should be a skill that can help you get your your next job, your dream job, uh, even if the skill you want to develop is being better at pitching, because the next thing you want to pursue is entrepreneurship, then Maybe it can be as simple as practicing pitching things to your boss or or to your team, to your clients on a more regular basis. I had an old boss who I really valued a lot. And he told me at one point he really liked about 60% of his job. And then he thought that was pretty good. And I've held on to that as sort of a sense that maybe when I am sometimes have unrealistic expectations about what enjoying a job should be. But I just wonder sometimes at this moment of trying to reimagine our relationship to work after the pandemic, is there a way to kind of better embrace the stuff that just always is going to be tricky about work? I really like what your former boss said that for him at that time, 60% of his job was great and and that satisfied him. And I do think some of it is just reminding yourself every day when you're, you know, answering annoying emails or, or sitting through a boring meeting that, there will always, always be tedious or frustrating parts of your workday. And I think in terms of a broader or more comprehensive strategy to sort of look at your workday more holistically, if you can think about the purpose of the activities or job tasks that are less enjoyable or meaningful to you. Um, like, why did my manager ask me to do this particular assignment? Why why did management hold this meeting? And how do they think that me doing this task or me being in this meeting is contributing to the outcomes and the goals that they want? And when you think about it this way, maybe you're still a little bit frustrated, but at least like you get a sense of A, there, there is a reason why we're here, hopefully. And B, like, they asked me here because they think I can do a good job at it, at, and I have value to add here. 
Has writing this book made you happier at work? That's a great question. Short answer, yes. Yes, it has. I think it writing this book has helped clarify for me that I really enjoy writing for, I suppose you could call them rank and file workers or individual contributors or just regular people who have jobs and are ambitious in their careers. I get a real thrill out of being able to help the rest of us sort of shape our careers and our work days into something so much better. Shauna, thanks so much for chatting with me today. Thank you so much for having me. Shauna Leibowitz-Gainer is the author of Don't Call It Quits, Turn the Job You Have into the Job You Love, and she writes about careers and workplace culture for Insider. Make sure to follow The Refresh from Insider on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. You can also just tell your smart speaker to play The Refresh from Insider podcast. And please leave us a rating and review. It helps other people discover the show. I'm Rebecca Ibarra. And I'm Kaya Moynihan. Talk to you soon. Bye.